The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Your host is Ellen Etoff, the soulful sex coach. Our program will take you beyond the sex you've been experiencing and open up a whole new world of intimacy. You've got a lot to learn today, so let's get started. Here is Ellen Etoff. Welcome. Today, I'm going to share some of my secrets with you. And the show is called Four Keys to Sexual Ecstasy. So whether you're having great sex, ordinary sex, or boring sex, or even no sex at all, it can be better. Everyone has the ability to experience ecstatic lovemaking. Now, ecstatic sex includes not only sensual and orgasmic bliss, but the soulful connection. If you're listening to this, it's a soulful connection you've undoubtedly longed for. And on this show, I'm going to reveal what the four keys to sexual ecstasy are and how you can begin to incorporate them into your life. You'll also find out the difference between orgasm and ecstasy and how you can have both. Why sex can actually get better with age, even when hormones are waning. How to have soulful connection with spine-tingling sex. And three ways to enjoy deeper intimacy during lovemaking without having to say a word. And also, the daily 60-second non-sexual practice that increases passion in the bedroom later and helps affair-proof your marriage. So if you have questions while we're um, on the live show here, you can call 1-866-472-5795. I'd love to hear from you. Or you can email me at radio show, that's one word, radio show, at ecstatica.com, that's ex. T-A-T-I-C-A dot com. And I'll check during the breaks to see if anybody's um, submitted a question by email. And just so you know, this email is only for during the show. I actually don't check it otherwise. So um, just know that. So I'll start with a little bit of my own background for those of you who aren't aware of my story. I've always been interested in personal growth and spirituality. Uh, spirituality is distinct from religion. And in, I'd been in various um, holistic health training and practices and work fields. But in 1991, um, as a hypnotherapist, I started using colored light projected into the eyes uh, with an instrument called the Lumatron Light Stimulator. And this is a strobic light, like a little two-inch lens. came from the optometric community. And I was primarily dealing with sexual and relationship trauma. And for when I say sexual and relationship trauma, sexual trauma might mean, you know, rape, molestation, incest, or other things that are, affect our love lives, but just aren't necessarily so um, overt or, or obviously traumatic, but in other more subtle ways can have 
deep, continuous, insidious effects on our ability to enjoy love and sex. Or it can be relationship trauma, like um, a gentleman that came to me named Phil, and his trauma was that his, you know, he was had been with this girlfriend and planning to get married when she broke it off and took up with his best friend. So that was pretty traumatic for him. Um, long story short with him, about a year, year and a half later, I received a wedding announcement. He was marrying a different woman, very much in love. And over the last 20-some years, I ran into him and her now and then because um, they live in the same general vicinity and they are still happily married over 20 years later. So, and this was work that really is very rapid. It only takes like four to six, eight sessions at most for most people to get long-lasting, you know, dramatic results like that. So, but I've been longing for more of a spiritual connection in my own relationship, um, my own marriage of 20 years, even though the sex that we had was actually the best I had known at that point in my life. So I wasn't complaining sexually. It was that spiritual connection that I just didn't know how to access. And for various reasons, not just that, but for various reasons, we eventually um, divorced. And in the late 90s, I met a man who um, I had a brief relationship with. And when we finally um, ended up making love, well, here's the thing. He told me that he um, had written a book with two other people on that, how to connect sexuality and spirituality. So I was definitely interested. And we never really talked about the how-tos, but when it got down to the experience of it, it, oh my God, he definitely knew how to take me to a realm I'd never experienced before. And as he put it later, he said... It was like, see, we weren't really totally in love yet, but there was definitely loving feelings. But as he said, we accessed a state of unconditional love. And he was absolutely right. It was like a, a place beyond the everyday personality where that, that love that is the divine love, the love that of all that is, just was, we just like tuned into it together. And it was, it was really ecstatic. It was wonderful. And, um, however, for a variety of reasons, um, after we'd only had this experience twice together, he disappeared. And I didn't really know why until he contacted me 12 years later. But um, that was kind of devastating more than anything because I didn't know how to recreate that experience. <laughs> so uh, I was kind of left in the lurch. But about a year and a half after that, I met and fell in love with someone with whom we were literally catapulted into this realm of sexual, spiritual ecstasy. And at this point, I was in the middle of a master's program in East-West Psychology at the California Institute for um, Integral Studies. And I was, which is really a marriage between the um, Western psychology and Eastern spirituality. So right in the middle of this time, again, late, late 1990s, um, I was in this experience that was beyond anything I knew possible. By the way, I now know that it can only get better after all these years and with all those years of aging. But um, 
my partner and I were kind of looking at each other going, oh my God, are we the only ones who've experienced this? It's like, how come nobody told us this realm existed? And fortunately for me, um, in the last quarter of my master's degree program of actual classwork, a woman came and spoke at one of the classes I was in. Her name was Dr. Jenny Wade, and she was a professor at uh, the Institute for Integral... No, what's it called? Um, It was... um, um, it's changed names. It's now called the Sophia University. It was the Institute for Transpersonal Psychology at the time. Anyway, she started, she was doing some research on people who have what she considered like altered state experiences during lovemaking. And she started giving us these case studies. And I went, oh my gosh, other people have experienced these things too. And in her case, she was describing people who had experiences of... um an altered sense of time, place, or agency, meaning might have thought you were in other times in history or past lives or out in space or that would be a time or place could be out in space or, or a sense of agency would be like a sense of who you are, like being plants or an animal or another person. So, and I was having some of these experiences, and my partner was also, it was very much an altered state, and these were all without any kind of psychotropic drugs or even more than just a glass of wine or so. And so she asked if anybody who was experiencing anything in this realm, if they would talk with her, and I ended up becoming a research subject in her study, and In the meantime, I was really investigating what it is that leads to these experiences. And I ended up doing several years' research, kind of using my academic perspective, but also experiential. I was not only finding every book I could find on the topic and research papers, but I was taking classes and, you know, doing workshops and so forth, and also started to teach some workshops. And the information included ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoist sexuality and Western psychology, you know, relationship psychology and modern sex research, a lot of which hadn't really gotten much publicity or much attention by the public. And this ultimately led to uh, these four keys to sexual ecstasy, which I'm going to describe to you um, today. And in the meantime, Jenny Wade's book was being published under a subsidiary of Simon & Schuster. It was called Transcendent Sex, When Lovemaking Opens the Veil. And it's a wonderful book. It's still available on Amazon, so I definitely recommend that. It's a wonderful read, lots of fascinating stories. And by the way, the person she called Ellen in that book is not me. She changed everybody's names, but she gave somebody else <laughs> the name Ellen, so... Everybody's anonymous, including me. But at any rate, um, she knew the work I was doing in this field. And so she called me just before her book was being published because she was being asked by her publicist to do um, workshops. And she said, I don't do sex workshops. I'm a consciousness researcher. So we ended up um, both being invited to speak at the International Conference on Sacred Sexuality. She did the research description. Her, you know, she her academic background and the the study that she did. And I was being asked to conduct a half-day workshop on how to open yourself to these realms. I called it four keys to 
I think it was open yourself to transcendent sex, but now it's four keys to sexual ecstasy. So basically what happened, um, this was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I had 170 people in this workshop. Some knew each other, some didn't, some were couples, many were singles. But I took them through these four keys, and I also took them through some experiential non-sexual exercises that related to these four keys. And the next morning, so this was afternoon, the next morning as I was getting ready to go to the ballroom for the next keynote speech by someone else, all these people were kind of beating a path to my door and thanking me for the best sex they'd ever had. One woman even said, on a scale of 10, our love life went from a 6 to a 26 overnight. And I went, oh my God, I think I'm onto something here. This was so exciting to hear the impact. So um, I'm going to tell you those four keys in a while here. But, but first, I'd like to kind of um, mention some of the other things I promised at the beginning of the program so that It'll kind of prepare you for that. Uh, the first is the difference between orgasm and ecstasy and how you can have both. So orgasm is really a physiological event as well as an energetic event. It's the con- contractions of the pelvic floor muscles. You know, the muscles in the feet may spasm. There's this, uh, your blood pressure, heart rate, and breathing rates will often peak. And there's a release of sexual tension and, and so forth. Um Ecstasy, in my description, is a sense of deep intimacy and a sense of spiritual union, often a sense of union with all it is, while at the same time experiencing exquisite pleasure, exquisite full body pleasure and sexual pleasure that may include orgasm. Or it may be ecstatic before you ever get to orgasm or you may enter what I consider a, um, an orgasmic state, like riding the waves of an ocean where it's just, you know, peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys. And then you may or may not have uh, a peak with the uh, final release or the ejaculation for a man if you desire to. So for me, that's really sexual ecstasy, and that can go on just indefinitely. And you know, Masters and Johnson, many of you have seen the uh, the Showtime special uh, series that was on called Masters of Sex about Masters and Johnson and their research on human sexual response. Well, it was groundbreaking at the time, but we now know it was really limited and, and potentially um, very limiting to, you know, people studying sort of are researching what their expectations of great sex should be because everything's available online, so we tend to try to look for those things. They took a performance-based approach and they determined um, a cycle called the sexual response cycle. You may have heard of it. It's the phases of excitement. Next was plateau, which kind of extends to the brink of orgasm. Then there's orgasm, which is the very shortest stage, often just a few seconds. And then the resolution. But this model which it's not just a model, it's the experience of most people, you know, having sex. So I'm not going to belittle it, but it is limiting because it doesn't include that potential for the, that orgasmic state or those waves of energy. And it doesn't include the potential for male multiple orgasm. They do 
mention that a woman, you know, could come back after resolution and have another orgasm. There, and a woman could have multiples. But there's never um, that potential for men to experience orgasms before um, ejaculation. So, and but but we know now that that's totally true and possible and exciting for men. We're not going to get into that in detail in this uh, piece here today, but you know we can at some point. So, as people discover the potential for sex beyond the physical, but but, but can also include the physical, they just discover three times the pleasure. And whenever we can integrate more aspects of ourselves into our experience, it's more fulfilling, it's healthier, and has the potential for being truly ecstatic. So, next I'd like to discuss why sex can actually get better with age, even when hormones are waning. And, you know, spiritual connection often leads to long-term sexual satisfaction because as we age, our sex drive becomes less and less hormone-driven and more and more emotionally and spiritually driven. So if you've established that connection with your partner or know how to establish that connection with a new partner, which is totally possible, you are much more likely to have better sex as you age. Not only better, but it can be so fantastic that doors can open you never knew existed when you were younger. So, this relates to a couple of myths, two common myths, actually, about sex that I'd like to bust right now. One is that men just want sex and women want intimacy. And the second is that sex is at your peak in your 20s and 30s. So, some research here is that actually men, especially as they mature, want deeper intimacy and women want better sex. But few know how to get there. And... Although women do tend to want intimacy in general, especially if they're in a relationship, a lot of research in recent years has shown that women are just as motivated to have hot physical sex as men, especially if they've had a taste of really good sex. Then, oh my God, they just want more of it, right? (laughs) And if you add intimacy to it, they're just like totally happy campers. So, But men want that too. And in fact, another research study in 2006 in Norway... um, Well, actually, it was researchers in the U.S. and Norway asked almost 1,200 men between the ages of 20 and 79 to rate their sexual satisfaction on a scale of 0 to 4. And here's what they found. They found that men's sexual functioning, as we can expect, does tend to go... They're functioning now. Remember that. Their sexual functioning tends to go down with age. But men in their 50s are more satisfied with their sex lives than younger men. So, if you learn the art of ecstatic lovemaking, it can come from a deeper place and be so fulfilling that you can't wait to dive into that orgasmic ocean of divine pleasure and oneness again. And these waves, which we're going to discuss soon, um, can kick in with just a kiss or a full body hug or even a fleeting memory of your experience together. So, it's now time for a short break, and I just want to mention before we go that the replays of this show and all the Ecstatica radio shows are available streaming online or as MP3 downloads at ecstatica.com slash show. That's E-X, like exciting, T as in Tom, A-T-I-C-A dot com slash S 
H-O-W. And transcripts of the show are also available at ecstatica.com slash show. So um, stay tuned because we'll be right back with more on Four Keys to Sexual Ecstasy. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's being called the easiest way to have mind-blowing sex. Why? Because it turns average sex into incredible sex without you doing anything different. And today, you can see it for yourself in a free report. Learn how easy it is to stimulate greater sexual passion, enhance libido, and easier multiple orgasms for women. Experience new levels of intimacy as old sexual inhibitions melt away. And it all happens when you simply play a special type of music while you make love. How is it possible that nothing more than just playing music can give you such incredible sexual encounters? Because this music is enhanced with a special technology called auditory pheromones. Learn how scientifically proven auditory pheromones unleash a wave of sexual passion, intimacy, and pleasure, and free the body to experience maximum arousal and stimulation. Get your free auditory pheromones report today at musicforbettersex.com. That's musicforbettersex.com. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Etoff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to radio show at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ellen Etoff, host of This Ecstatica Show and founder of ecstatica.com, discussing four keys to sexual ecstasy. And before we go on with this, I want to tell you that I have a gift for my listeners. It's my hour-long audio and ebook called Beyond Orgasm, How to Have a More Deeply Connected Sexual Experience. You can get it at, guess where, ecstatica.com on the homepage. And I'd like to mention one more thing. As many of my listeners know, I work with various energetic technologies. One of these, which I produced, is special music for lovemaking infused with auditory pheromones. And this comprises 40, excuse me, 74 layers of resonant frequencies. And the music is called Love Unbound. So if your sexual challenges include low libido, cultural inhibitions, feeling a bit out of sync with your partner, or difficulty with female orgasm, um, that sort of thing, you'll be interested to know that we just get repeated ongoing feedback from customers who play this music in the background while making love and have the following kinds of uh, responses. Uh, Enhanced libido for both men and women especially, you know, middle-aged men and women, enhanced libido and arousal rates, Um, deeper intimacy, 
uh, full body orgasms and easier orgasms, often multiple orgasms for women for the first time. Release of cultural or religious inhibitions, which lead to greater spontaneity. Easier communication about sexual needs and desires and a sense of spiritual union. So you can learn more about that uh, by going to getabettersexlife.com. That's getabettersexlife.com. So, um, next I'd like to discuss the 60-second non-sexual practice that increases passion in the bedroom later and helps affair-proof your marriage. It's really simple. Um, One thing that's good to start with, and just as an aside, this is not the part of the practice itself, but really, it's great to take, oh, a a 10, 15, 20-minute period sometime, some evening when you're relaxed, and just show each other how you like to be kissed. We start to take that for granted, and often we kiss the way our partner kisses, but it may not be our favorite way. So, you know, just one person, say person A, just says, okay, here's how I like to be kissed, and spend a couple of moments, you know, kissing your partner, and then let them kiss you back in that same way. Partner B returns kind of trying to mimic the same kind of kissing, and then you can get feedback until you get it right. And then partner B shows partner A how they like to be kissed. And then, you know, partner A tries to kiss back the same way and takes, you know, has a back and forth lessons, so to speak. So ideally with that as sort of a foundation, the 60-second practice that you can put into, you know, into your schedule every morning don't tell me you don't have 60 seconds to share with your partner, as long as you're in the same premises. And that is, first, hug each other for 20 seconds. One thing this does, and actually um, research has shown that 20 seconds of a full body hug, this can be clothed, this can be standing up, lying down, however you want. Um, a full body 20 second hug helps increase a woman's sense of trust. And I'll tell you in a moment why trust is so important for a great sex life. But trust um, is stimulated by that 20 seconds. It also stimulates oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone. And that may interface with the trust factor. But this oxytocin that's stimulated by that hug also leads men to be more immune to interest expressed by beautiful women that come into their environment. They're more immune to, um, you know, approaching beautiful women. They just have more than a sense of bonding with their partner that they've been sharing this 20-second hug with. And then follow that 20-second hug by a 10-second kiss. And 10 seconds is much longer than you're probably used to kissing when you're not in a sexual situation. But this is where that training you've done with each other comes in handy. 20-second hug followed by a 10-second kiss. And then either before or after, in the remaining 30 seconds, take turns, 15 seconds each, expressing something that you appreciate about your partner. And ideally, make it something that has an erotic or sensual or physical component like, you know, I just love that 
curve of your hip. When I when you're laying on your side on the bed, I love that curve. I love the way your your skin feels right after you've taken a shower. Or I really appreciate the strength with which you hug me. Or I love how it feels when you're on top of me in bed. Or I love the way we cuddle. Or I love that twinkle in your eye. Um, or that smile you give me across the room in order to you know, at a party. It could be anything that just people, you know, we forget that when we're with somebody, the longer we're with them, the more we assume about their feelings or lack thereof, or we think they don't need to hear these things, but we do. And they definitely stimulate our, you know, our passion. So there you have the 60 second rule. Okay. 20 seconds of hug, 10 seconds kiss, passionate kiss. And 30 seconds of sharing. And even if you can't do the sharing, if you're in such a hurry, you've only got 30 seconds, do the hug and the kiss, okay? But not the quickie that most people kind of get away with. The other possibility is to do this when you first greet each other after the day. If that's how your schedule works out and when you come together at the end of the day, um, even before you speak, have that 20-second hug and the 10-second kiss. Okay, Um The next question is, how do you have soulful connection with spine-tingling sex? Well, this leads to the four keys to sexual ecstasy. And these are the same four keys I came up with in the late 90s. Um, Let's see, when was it we first, no, it was the early, excuse me, I didn't come up with it that soon. But it was um, for the Sacred Sexuality Conference I mentioned. And that was probably, you know, eight years ago at least. And they still hold true today. The first is trust. And trust is really a big topic. And we can't go that far into it now because a lot of us really have learned not to trust. Trust, I think, is a basic sort of childlike quality and very natural. And yet, more often than not, our trusting nature has been kind of chipped away at or we've had to contract against all the times when our trust wasn't uh, respected, when we were taken advantage of, when we got embarrassed, you know, we, we were vulnerable when we got embarrassed or hurt or, or worse. So, but trust is so important. And if you feel like you can't fully let go and trust being yourself with your partner in bed, trust like... Um, whatever weird faces or grimaces you might make or whatever weird noises might come out or your response or how you might undulate or whatever it is, if you can't trust your partner to not freak out if you do something that seems unusual but is just natural and spontaneous, then think about um, how trustworthy you are, how much you can accept um, odd noises. And you see, we all have this idea from the media and porn or whatever that of how people behave when they're making love. And it goes way beyond that. You see, when you're being fully spontaneous and these sexual waves are just coursing through your body and you're just entering this state of, you know, union with all that is, um, your body may undulate or jerk in weird ways. Um, You may let out sounds that are just like as unexpected to you as they might be to your partner. And you might make, you know, strange faces. And you just really have to ask yourself how much of that you can allow to be 
experienced in you by uh, how much of that in you can be experienced by your partner and how much of them you can allow yourself to experience without judgment or contraction and so forth. So it may be baby steps that you'll need to take, and I definitely encourage um, discussion about this. But just, you know, be aware that trust is so, so very important. It's really, I think, the underlying foundation for sexual freedom and spontaneity and ecstasy. Now, the second key to sexual ecstasy is entrainment. Now, this is not as familiar a topic, but entrainment is when the rhythms of one thing affect the rhythms of another. This, is, this goes for just about anything on the planet. It's like when fireflies come together in a storm, they tend to start blinking on and off together at the same time after they've had a bit of time together. Um, when women live in community in college dorms or other kinds of communities, um, Many will observe that their menstrual cycles after a period of months will start to synchronize. And our own bodies tend to synchronize within our own biology. But let me give you a more uh, amazing example before I get to that. Um, There was a, a researcher in Europe, I believe it was Sweden or Switzerland, I forget which exactly, but... um, he had a number of pendulum clocks on a wall, like dozens of pendulum clocks. And you can't possibly set all the pendulums to tick-tock at exactly the same microsecond. But after leaving all of these dozens and dozens of clocks alone for two or three days, he came back and they were all tick-tocking in perfect rhythm. So they went from a cacophony of discordant tick-tockings all over the place to this perfect tick-tock, tick-tock. These are inanimate objects, but they, they had a rhythm. They were set to have a rhythm, and they all came into a joint rhythm. And so, um, in your own body, when we start to slow our breathing down, our heart rate will start to slow down, as you know. And often, when you do that, especially if you close your eyes and you breathe deeply um, and your heart rate slows down, your brain waves will start to slow down, which is one of the entries into a, a deeper state of meditation. So our bodies want to entrain within themselves. And it's a natural proclivity to be in sync with our own physiology. And when two people breathe together, it starts to entrain them biologically. Their bodies will then start to move toward the same rhythms and um, eye contact uh, is a very powerful entrainment mechanism and the ancients knew this the ancient um, people who practiced tantra developed tantra and Taoist sexuality knew that when you have eye contact you have deeper intimacy but now it's been scientifically proven that um, as you Look into one another's eyes. And by the way, this is not staring. This is sort of a soft, unfocused gaze. But as you gaze into another person's eyes, your eyes being like the frontal lobes of the brain, literally, um, your brain waves gradually start to um, entrain with one another. They've hooked people up to, um, you know, EEGs to measure their brain waves and found that when two people feel like they're having a really 
in depth or they feel really connected in conversation. They feel totally in sync, like totally on the same wavelength that actually physiologically they are on the same wavelength because more and more of their brain waves are cycling at the same rhythm. So you can actually um, initiate this entrainment with your partner by breathing together, by increasing eye contact. Um, and eye contact is so valuable. It may be kind of scary at first, but you can have a little eye contact when you're not in a sexual situation with your partner, maybe just 30 seconds and just being quiet for that moment. And then gradually, when you're making love, have a little eye contact and increase it more and more. And then the ultimate is to maintain eye contact during orgasm. Now, that's really a challenge. I just offer it up to you as a possibility because we tend to go internal during orgasm and if you can find the way to have your eyes open, if you're already entrained with your partner through your breathing and eye contact and the rhythms of your lovemaking, um, it can be an extraordinarily powerful experience um, to just try out. But even the basic org- um, eye contact is something that you have to remember it at first and kind of create a little bit of a practice of it. And just, of course, you want to discuss this with your partner, else they're not going to open their eyes. But I remember that uh, one couple came to one of my workshops, and this was like, oh gosh, maybe 12, 15 years ago. Um, they came, we were, when we got to the topic of eye contact, this is a couple that had been to um, a Tantra class the prior year with somebody else. They said, oh yeah, we learned about eye contact in the Tantra class last year, but we forgot to do it. So... To discuss this with your partner and and try just sitting with them quietly with a little eye contact, again a soft gaze, for brief periods of time, no words, and just, you know, you can discuss how you felt and that peace and connection that you start to um, experience together. Now, the um, the next key, the third key to sexual ecstasy is absorption. And absorption is um, the ability, some might say it's the ability to be in the present, it's really to be able to be um, aware of and sort of literally absorbed into, soaked up with all of your senses, visual, um, your, your sense of smell and taste, like being really aware of it your partner's scent and taste and the sounds of your, your lovemaking and um, your breathing and just being aware of the whole thing and the touch. And it's so important to really soak in the feeling of your partner touching you as well as touching your partner. And this has been researched and it's not, it, actually there's um, studies that have been done on people's ability to absorb into their, their experience correlating with um, their sexual satisfaction and having even super sex. So um, this is something that is a little bit of an aptitude, but it can also be learned. So again, just practicing, focusing on each and all of your senses any time of day, right now while you're listening to this, your butt in the seat or your feet on the ground, whatever you're doing, the, the temperature in the room, the feeling of your clothes on your body or lack thereof, and the air on your skin. And these are all things just to start to tune into as a practice that you can bring into your lovemaking to increase your sense of absorption. So 
We're going to take um, our last short break. And um, when we come back, we'll get to that fourth key of sexual ecstasy, which is the big one. Okay, here we go. We'll be right back. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. It's being called the easiest way to have mind-blowing sex. Why? Because it turns average sex into incredible sex without you doing anything different. And today, you can see it for yourself in a free report. Learn how easy it is to stimulate greater sexual passion, enhance libido, and easier multiple orgasms for women. Experience new levels of intimacy as old sexual inhibitions melt away. And it all happens when you simply play a special type of music while you make love. How is it possible that nothing more than just playing music can give you such incredible sexual encounters? Because this music is enhanced with a special technology called auditory pheromones. Learn how scientifically proven auditory pheromones unleash a wave of sexual passion, intimacy, and pleasure, and free the body to experience maximum arousal and stimulation. Get your free auditory pheromones report today at musicforbettersex.com. That's musicforbettersex.com. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Etoff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to radio show at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ellen Etoff the host of this Ecstatica show and founder of Ecstatica.com, and we're discussing four keys to sexual ecstasy. So the first three keys were trust, entrainment, absorption, and the fourth key to sexual ecstasy is building and circulating sexual energy. So this is actually a rather large topic, but I'm going to give you a few um, examples. First of all, Let's start with how sexual energy flows for masculine and feminine types. Now, you know, about 90% of men and about 90% of women 
um, will have their energy flow like, you know, masculine energy flows in men and feminine in women. But it, about 10% of the population will be uh, reversed. So just keep that in mind. And you can experiment with your uh, partner. You may kind of intuitively know this about yourself or your partner, whether you have more masculine or feminine sexual energy. But men's sexual energy is like fire. It begins typically in the pelvis and it moves up to the heart. And when it does move up to the heart, this is where a man can feel his love for his partner. What often happens, especially during uh, phases of what I call adventure sex um, or sport sex, um, you know, men will, t- and often women too, will tend to keep our sexual energy in our pelvis because we're not looking to create an emotional connection. And there's nothing wrong with that. And as long as you're practicing safe sex, there's nothing wrong with that. And as long as you're being sensitive to the needs of your partner, if your partner is looking for an emotional connection and you're not, hopefully you're clear about that at the outset. And I remember when um, one of my sons was about 16 and kind of entering this realm, I always just pointed out, and he's reminded me about this because I'd forgotten, but he said it was really valuable to to know that, oh, the person I want to have sex with may not be feeling what I am. And this can be in reverse. It's not necessarily the stereotypic, you know, women want connection, men want just sex. It can be the reverse. Either partner may be hoping for or imagining a deeper emotional connection when the other just wants physical sex. So regardless of where you stand yourself, it's really valuable to know or discuss at least briefly with the other partner if you're just looking to have a good time and don't care if you ever see each other again then you're on the same page but if you want an emotional connection and the other person just wants a good time you could end up with heartbreak because um, when you're you know orgasm whether or not you're sharing bodily fluids orgasm definitely opens you up to an energetic connection with somebody and it can increase your sense of um, intimacy and potential for love. So, you know, protect your own heart. Or if you just want a good time and just want sexual fulfillment, be kind and protect the other person's heart. And if they're really open emotionally and want that deeper connection, you know, be respectful and let them know that you're not interested in that and so that they can take care of themselves and maybe... You'll miss out on one opportunity, but at least you'll be, um, you know, in, in at least you'll be, uh, what's the word, authentic and uh, respectful. So, but, so a lot of times our sexual energy will remain on our pelvis, but when a man's sexual energy is moving up and it moves up to his heart, then he can feel more love for his partner. And this is often why men want to have sex with their partners because that's how they connect into that sexuality. Ironically, women often feel like uh, if they're not really on the same page, they can feel like a, like they're a piece of meat and um, they're not ready to have that connection. And here's why. Because women's sexual energy is the opposite. Whereas men's sexual energy is like fire, it moves up. Women's is more like water or the feminine sexual energy is more like water. And it flows down. And it flows down from the head to the heart and if that energy is full in her heart, then a woman's legs are more likely to open. This is not the woman who's looking for just 
physical sexual satisfaction, although in a relationship that's been ongoing, you may have peaks and valleys where that, you know, just like, okay, let's just get it on and have that physical release. But if you're trying to connect with a woman and open up her sexuality, a woman who has that feminine sexual uh, essence, basically, um, you need to start with her head. And I don't mean just physical head. I mean like in her head, like with words of affection and appreciation or those you know, that, that's where that 60-second practice comes in in the morning that I talked about earlier. Um, but just allowing uh, that energy to start to flow down. And other things, like a kiss on the back of the neck. I'll tell you, when a woman's working on the computer, now she may be pissed then because she's maybe distracted from what she's doing. But if she's doing something like, you know, bathing a child or cleaning up the kitchen or some kind of, it depends. You have to be sensitive, but that kiss on the kind of the side of the back of the neck will send chills down almost any woman's spine. Just ask her. I've never met a woman yet who didn't love that. Um, but then, you know, touch. Most women, unless they're into sports sex, will re- respond unconsciously with a contraction in response to a direct hit to the breasts or genitals. Now, it may be fun to just go tweak a woman's nipples, especially if you feel like you've got, you know, 24-7 access, which is great for loving partners. But don't expect that to have her ready to jump into bed and have sex. Again, start with the extremities. Start with the head, the caresses on the face, you know, looking into her face, holding your... um, partner's face in your hands with eye contact and then kissing her delicately can melt a woman or, or caress from the hands up the arms toward the torso or start with her feet, a foot massage. Oh my gosh, there's parts of the foot that connect with our sexual centers. So a foot massage gradually moving up the legs, everything moving from the extremities toward the center are great to get a woman's sexual energy cooking. And by the way, um, you can help your partner, women can help a man's or if it's a gay couple, you know, anybody can help a man's sexual energy spread for the potential of full body orgasms by moving the energy away from his pelvis. For example, once he's already turned on, either with physical touch or like a gentle sweeping of the energy on the surface of his body, like a half inch from his skin, sweeping it away from his genitals, like up his belly or around his buttocks, up his back and up up to his head and down his shoulders and arms or or depending on what position you're in maybe you can spread that energy down his legs and this helps a man experience full body orgasms when the time comes or if your partner is um, getting older and a little difficulty with an erection and then we'll start to respond with more of that feminine energy and it's helpful to sweep the energy toward his genitals to help him you know get and maintain that erection Another way to build uh, circulate energy is to sort of dance at the edge. It's like get aroused until you're one or both of you is kind of like getting not past the point of no return, but just dancing up toward that edge and then backing off a little and then dancing toward that edge again and then backing off a little. And each time that sexual energy can build and get more and more exciting so that you actually reach a higher level when you finally do um, explode into orgasm. Think of it sort of like blowing up a new balloon. It may be a little hard to blow and get it very big the first time, but if you 
go part way and let the air out, the next time it's easier to stretch and get more into it, more air into it so it can get bigger. Another thing is to be aware of your thrusting patterns. Most of us get into habits, but try experimenting with um, like long, deep strokes and then short, shallow strokes, just like on the edge of the, the tip of the penis is a kind of uh, massaging the outside edges of the, or the, just inside the edges of the vagina, the opening of the vagina, or deep shallow thrust, I mean deep short thrust, so that you're going all the way in but coming out just a little ways, or different angles so that the penetration is touching different parts of the penis and the vagina. So all of these things help build and circulate sexual energy. Um, there's many more ways to build and circulate sexual energy, but I'm not going to be able to get to all of them in this um, broadcast. So what I'd like to do is tell you about what I eventually did after that workshop, the very first one. I gave that workshop many times all over the country at various retreat centers the, on the four keys to sexual ecstasy and got the same kinds of response from couples uh, all over the place. And I eventually put this into a product that you can use in the uh, privacy of your own home. And it's called Four Keys to Sexual Ecstasy Experience Soulful Connection with Spine Tingling Sex. And really this is a, a composite of five CDs plus a book that is a transcript of the first two CDs. The first two being the living room seminar where I give you all of this information and lots of detail on building and circulating sexual energy and Um, Also, uh, four obstacles to deeper intimacy and spiritual connection with with great sex. These obstacles that we often run into on that journey and how to overcome them. So those first two CDs are the living room seminar. The third CD is the bedroom seminar. And this is where you take your, what you've learned sort of intellectually, in the living room seminar and incorporate it into your physical and emotional experience with your partner because that's where it really makes the difference. And this CD is incorporated with special music for lovemaking that I developed. Actually, it was stimulated uh, when I first used somebody else's special brainwave entrainment music in that first workshop and everybody just got so jazzed on it. And But it was only a three-minute segment and it was somebody else's music. Uh, it was actually classical music. But in the meantime, I developed um, two more. I developed this music for lovemaking infused with not only brainwave entrainment but auditory pheromones which consist altogether with 74 layers of resonant frequencies, which help break up the patterns that keep us from being fully expressive. It helps release cultural and um, religious inhibitions for more spontaneity. It helps integrate our sexuality with our spirituality and get our sensuality and our energy flowing. And this music, we've discovered, helps um, unexpectedly increase libido and arousal rates and eases communication, verbal communication with your partner about sex and intimacy. And it's just been so amazing. So we incorporated it into the, the experience of the bedroom seminar, which I was just describing. And then we put it into two more CDs, CD4, which is the music for lovemaking with auditory pheromones. And CD5 is the same music with... Um, that keeps you more alert, 
so that you can listen to it anytime for the same benefit. So if you'd like to learn more about that, just go to ecstatica.com and check out the products. It's E-X-T-A-T-I-C-A.com. And um, it's the same music, by the way, as the Love Unbound music that you get when you go to um, musicforbettersex.com, but it just has the full program. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope you've learned a number of tips that you can put into practice immediately. And again, you can learn all about this at ecstatica.com. Thank you so much for listening to Ecstatica. This is Ellen Etoff in support of you having an erotic, ecstatic love life. We hope you've learned from and enjoyed the show today. Join us again for another stimulating hour of Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life with your host, Ellen Etoff, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, enjoy the best sex of your life.